When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast. It's an emergency. Coming to you live from Studio A of our West Loop uh, studios here in Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson alongside me, Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Eckerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And with us uh, from Guaranteed Rate Field, Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And you can read his latest article at allchgo.com. It's talking about this urgent yes. topic. Um, Herb had to leave the G-Rate. He was going to see this nice, beautiful new documentary. And then as we're having all these meetings here at CHGO, we see the Twitter update from Vinny Duber uh, that the White Sox have made it official that Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn have been relieved of their duties. Let's get right into the statement and we'll get reactions from Vinny and Herb. The Chicago White Sox announced that Ken Williams, Executive Vice President, and Rick Hahn, Senior Vice President slash General Manager, have been relieved of their responsibilities effective immediately. Quote, this is an incredibly difficult decision for me to make because they are both talented individuals with long-term relationships at the White Sox, said Jerry Reinsdorf, White Sox Chairman. Ken is like a son to me, and I will always consider him a member of my family. I want to personally thank Ken and Rick for all they have done for the Chicago White Sox, winning the 2005 World Series, and reaching the postseason multiple times during their tenures. I have nothing but great respect for them as people and appreciate the commitment and passion for the White Sox they have exhibited over the years. Ultimately, the well-worn cliche that professional sports is a result-oriented uh, is results-oriented is correct, Reinsdorf said. While we have enjoyed successes as an organization and we were optimistic heading into the competitive window of this rebuild, this year has proven to be very disappointing for all of us on many levels. This has led me to the conclusion that the best decision for the organization moving forward is to make a change in our baseball department leadership. The White Sox will begin a search for a single decision maker to lead the baseball operation department and anticipate having an individual in place by the end of the season. Vinny, we'll go to you first. What did you make of this? Because it feels like it hit everyone like a complete uh, shockwave. You wrote seismic in your story today. Yeah, it's stunning. It's 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 stunning not only for uh, the timing of it. Here we are at just a, a Tuesday night in August, and 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 this sort of thing is happening. We've heard before from Rick Hahn that the cha- these types of changes don't usually happen until the off season, and then certainly the White Sox have been loath in the past to make these types of changes in season. But really, they've never made these type of changes at all in the uh, you know lifetimes of some of us who have been uh, covering, certainly covering and watching this team. I mean, think about it. There are people who are old enough to drink right now who have never lived during a time when Kenny Williams was not at the top of the White Sox baseball operations department. So you know, it's it, it's it's been. 25 years almost for Ken Williams. It's been more than a decade since Rick Hahn was named the GM. This type of change does not happen here often, 
Uh, certainly that's been the case in this century, and for it to happen at all uh, is shocking enough in its own right, but for it to happen tonight, an hour before first pitch uh, in the middle of August, is uh, is even more shocking. So yes, this was out of nowhere. I know people, fans, commenters have been saying, oh, it's about time, they've been begging for this all year and, and longer, in the, in the last year even, but... Uh, the, the big takeaway here is it happened, and it, it is surprising that it did so. I'm still in shock. I was telling Vinny, um, he uh, secured credentials for me for the documentary I was going to watch today about the White Sox iconic SOX Old English hat and how rap guys or uh, hip-hop artists used to wear it on, all the time. Parking in Guaranteed Rate Field literally get a message in my thread that they got fired and I just was in shock, and I'm still trying to process it. I've been asking for this for a while. We've known this for um, probably since last year that both of these guys get fired, especially Rick Hahn, and I wasn't expecting it at all, not even in the offseason. To happen right now in August is just mind-blowing, and it must have gotten really bad. Jerry Reinsdorf must have gotten embarrassed by something that happened either the poor play that's happened subsequent to the trade deadline or all the bad stories that have happened, the Keenan Middleton thing where there's no culture. So I am just shocked, kind of happy that there's accountability, not happy that these two men have lost their job because, you know, it's their livelihood. They have to find somewhere else to work. So I'm not happy that the actual people and their families don't work for the White Sox anymore, but accountability is finally at 35th and Shields, and it's about damn time. Yeah, no, it's about damn time. Like I said yesterday, I mean, Rick Hahn is a uh, well-educated man. He, uh, he'll be fine. Uh, I, I, I'm not too I'm concerned sure about him and Kenny Williams uh, or Ken Williams of uh, after today. Um, again, they likely, again, for having jobs for 25 years long, hopefully have saved some money. Um, Kenny, Ken probably owns his house. You know, he's probably fine. Um, oh, right? they're, they're I, probably going to be all good. This needed to happen. And, and like Vinny said, you, you mentioned, I mean, Kenny's been in uh, at home for 25 years. Like, I, I am 26 years old. Like, my White Sox fandom has just been engulfed by Kenny Williams and, and Rick Hahn. So I am very, very relieved that this happened. I am shocked, like you said, that this happened. Um, there's many reasons why we should be shocked, and I think the main thing is just we've talked about this a lot in 2023. The um, loyalty that Jerry Reinsdorf has to his employees, the fact that Ken has been here for 25-plus years, that Rick's been here for 20-plus years. Um, it just felt like there was never going to be a domino large enough to fall to create this to happen. We do have a super chat here from football, CF, uh, Steve Candy saying, uh, cue to the panel, are they making this decision for sporting reasons uh, slash financial reasons because they know uh, about ticket sales uh, and they do it with the Bulls too? Um, I, I Again, I, I would take Jerry for his word at the, uh, the statement that we read that this comes down to we had expectations for this year. We had a win over our fans. And, I mean, even you wrote it in your story, Rick Hahn knew that this was a possibility, Vinny. That, you know, hey, when you don't have the results that you stand up to saying we're mired in mediocrity and we're looking to compete in this window and you fall as short as they have, it's not too shocking that a change like this could be made. Yeah, you guys going to have to pull me down real quick. They're opening the windows in here. I got to find a new spot. Okay, okay that's good. fine. <laughs> All right. Um, but as Vinny was saying, though, uh, or as uh, I was trying to get Vinny to go to, uh, Rick said it was the nature of pro sport, sports. Um, 
And again, it, it goes to the fact that the White Sox haven't been able to capitalize. The White Sox in the past 10 seasons have had four of their worst seasons in franchise history in 123 years of baseball. Like this has just been sadder than sad, lower than low, more pathetic than pathetic. Like this has just been ugly, ugly baseball. And we honestly, at least personally, I just didn't think Jerry cared enough about the team. I didn't think Jerry had enough motivation to make a move. And you proved me wrong today. I was uh, talking to a couple of people yesterday, um, Ian and Danny from uh, Daily White Sox, and I was thinking to myself, Mike Illich, the former owner of the Detroit Tigers, and I think also the Red Wings too, he went out with the bang. He spent all the money he could in his final years to try to have the Detroit Tigers win another World Series. They had won 184, haven't won one since. But he pushed the pedal to the metal, threw a bunch of money at teams, at the team, and tried to get them a championship. And so when he finally passed, Detroiters are like, okay, the legacy of Mike Illich is a good one because that man tried. He tried hard to make sure that when he left this earth that his ownership was uh, one of – trying one of doing and I'm sure that Jerry probably has some of that in him too because if he were to sell this team at any point if he were to do anything um if he were to do anything to get rid of the White Sox off of his ledger the White Sox fans and the Major League Baseball fans as a whole would say that his tenure as a White Sox owner was a failure, a huge failure, because only one World Series, and I said last night that he and the 2005 World Series was the worst thing and the best thing to happen to the White Sox. It's the best thing because, of course, 11-1 in the playoffs, it was a glorious run to the playoffs, but also the worst thing because Jerry's been chasing that ever since to do it the way that he did it in 2005. It's 2023. Baseball's not played like it was in 2005. Money is much different than it was in 2005, than 2023. And so I say that Jerry probably realizes, I don't know what his health situation is like or anything like that, but I would say that he realizes that he doesn't have that much time left on this earth, and he wants his legacy to be a little bit better than it was right now. And being 27 games under 500 will not suffice for him. Even that, that 81 and 81 was embarrassing, being this bad and being the laughing stock of Major League Baseball, this is what it took to get him to move on Kenny and, and Rick. Just like that ESPN first take where they had uh, an audience with the Chicago uh, as the All-Star game in 2020, and they embarrassed them. They embarrassed the Bulls. They wanted to fire Garpax. And then that final that offseason, they finally fired Garpax. I think that's all Jerry needs is just embarrassment on a national scale. And the Keenan Middleton thing brought it. A lot of other stories brought it. The last year with uh, Tony La Russa brought the embarrassment. And so I think he is just like, that's enough. 27 games under 500. I've been a loyal guy. No one, none of those two guys don't say that Jerry hasn't been loyal to them because they've got these jobs and kept these jobs for way too long.
And we are now rejoined by Vinny, who, again, is out at Guaranteed Rate Field. Make sure you follow Vinny uh, on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He'll be obviously providing any more updates that come uh, from Guaranteed Rate Field today and throughout the week. Um, and when you bring up, you know, the possible embarrassments for the White Sox organization, you bring up the Middleton thing, you bring up the TA thing, you bring up the apparent Grandall anderson altercation that might or might not have happened um and the other thing Vinny, before uh, you got off uh, you know it was a question about financials and we we've, we've looked at the year of over year attendance this year um you look at the difference year over year from 2022 to 2023 uh they have the largest differential in all of major league baseball around uh 179,000 uh people not coming to the park um what what do you think was the culminating factor that led to this domino finally falling and and i try to lead you towards the rick Hahn quote uh, that you you put in your story there too well yeah i mean again rick Hahn has been asked about this a few times this year and each time he said hey it's look at look at what professional sports is like and, and jerry made this reference in his statement too saying when you don't win these kinds of things happen and and that hasn't been the case here at 35th and Shields very often, but it got to be that point now. I mean, I think it just turned into, I mean, you don't really need to look at anything in my opinion, but the with the win-loss record, right? Because the last year was such a disappointment. They, they were on the upswing 2020, 21, first time in franchise history, they go to playoff in back-to-back years. Then last year happens, they finish 500. Oh my God, it's the end of the world. Everybody in our comment section was running around like it, nothing could get worse than that, right? Well, guess what? They are 27 games under 500. They're real bad. They're real bad. And it's much, much worse than last year. Forget for a second where they were supposed to be. Look at just where they were last year. They're not even anywhere close as that good. And so the, the, the culmination is, hey, this thing didn't work. And I think that you can look at a, at, at, you know, a, a rebuild that yielded a core that has been nothing but hurt and not performing to their expectations, with the exception this year of Luis Robert Jr. and last year of Dylan Cease. Really, outside of that, there's been nothing to, to meet those expectations. Uh, this is this has gone awry. And yeah, there's all this off the stu- off the field stuff. As I wrote, you know what? Less than 20 hours ago, you know, I wrote about how it's this just en- endless wave of off the field headlines and off the field stories, and and. It all adds up to this, and uh, you know we're surprised because of the way that this franchise has operated in the past. But I think if you look around, not just baseball, but the four major sports in general, this this is the kind of thing that happens when stuff like when stuff like this piles up. We got over 500 people watching, so thank you everyone for uh, supporting us today. It is huge news, and again, we are going to be here with you. All day, every day, we got shows for every single team here on CHGO. We're closing in on 35,000 subscribers, too. So if you want to join the uh, community, make sure that you are hitting that subscribe button. And, and you're not missing notif- out. And hit that notifications bell right. so you can know that when, when we do an emergency podcast like this, when they are going to hire the new guy, we're going to do another emergency podcast that day. Bingo. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in there because I think that's a very interesting part of this whole thing, too. It's not just that Rick and Kenny are out. But the new guy or gal, whoever right. comes in, is going to be here by the end of the season, is what yeah. that press release said. Uh, they want a single voice. They don't want to do this whole two-headed monster thing like they've just done for the last two, uh, 10 years. Excuse me. Um, it, it's going to be one person, and that hire is expected to be made sometime in the next month and a half. 
So, and to take that segue, we got two reports, one from Bob Nightingale. Uh, if the Chicago White Sox stay internal for GM, Chris Getz is a leaning candidate. And then Bruce Levine uh, of 670 Score also said both assistants, GM Chris Getz and Jeremy Haber, are uh, highly thought of by White Sox chairman Jerry Reinsdorf. Getz has flourished as minor league director. Haber has stepped into important role as contract negotiator and metrics expert. So flourished. Um, flourished. Um, <laughs> Maybe I, I don't know the, the definition of flourished. Whatever floats Bruce's boat. Check the White um, Sox minor league. <sighs> what do we take away Bad. from that, that, that idea of a single leader though, Vinny, if you want to take a, 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 the lead on this, um, like you said in your story, I mean, Rick Hahn has been the GM since 2016, but we've seen him and uh, Ken collaborate, right? It, it, it was He's never been the just... GM since 2012, Sean. Oh, my bad. Okay. He was the GM since 2012. Yeah. What yeah, you're, you're, no, you're right. You're, you're right in that everything that we've heard from Kenny and Rick has painted a picture of a you know, a, a, a duo that was working together on these things, different responsibilities, perhaps certainly Kenny Williams was always talked about as having a really good scouting eye and that though that his evaluations from that perspective were always brought into this, whether they were signing a guy like Jose Abreu or Luis Robert Jr. Those were mentioned. He was mentioned in the, in those, in those, um, acquisitions you can say but certainly Rick Hahn since and certainly since 2016 when they started this rebuilding effort has been the guy who's been front and center as the decision maker on that front and so to have two people basically running running the show is sometimes not as good as one and so if they can have a single voice a single person making the decisions that might work out better and it's but it's not you know, it's not necessarily what's been replicated everywhere else. You look to the north side, they've got, a, uh, you know, a, a big boss as well as a GM. They've had that for a whole long time now. It's it's worked and not worked for them, right? This has probably worked and not worked at times for, for the White Sox. So they're going to, but, but they have made it clear, they're going to go find one person to, to run the show here and make the decisions moving forward. And I do think that that's very interesting. I would say, yeah, one person do running the show, which is much more smooth. You know who's doing the moves. You know what the final decision comes to. We didn't know who was doing the trades at the trade deadline. We don't know. Then during this whole Rick Hahn tenure, if he was do actually doing everything that he was talking about, because he was just the front-facing guy who could explain it correctly, with Kenny was just a little too honest when he did explain it, and that's why they kind of muzzled him in his final years here as the White Sox. But... I want a person here that is good at baseball, good at making baseball decisions, and can delegate power, too. Like, this person doesn't need to be overarching and saying, my word is the final word. I like a person with collaborative uh, effort. And then at the end of the day, yes, that person makes the decision, but having this nebulous who is doing the decision is always going to run into problems. I'm sure Rick felt that Kenny was way over to his over his head. I'm sure Kenny felt that Rick is getting way too much shine for stuff that he did. That's why Kenny sometimes would say, hey, I'm the one who scouted Jose Abreu. I'm the guy who did went out there to Cuba. And he would make it known that he was doing the, the stuff instead of Rick Hahn, who was getting most of the credit during the rebuild. So one centralized person so you can give the credit and or blame to – can talk in front of the media every once in a while to let the fans know what's going on with the team, but no more this two-headed monster. If they, The person could be head of baseball ops and then have a general manager, but that person is like what Jed and Carter Hawkins are. Jed's the, the actual boss in the Cubs. 
Carter does the day-to-day GM stuff. Yeah, and there's been a lot of names thrown out in the chat, too. We're not really sure exactly who's going to be leading this ship uh, come the end of the season. We'll obviously be able to figure out more names. I know David Stearns has been thrown out there. I know James Click has been thrown out there, I think, right, the former uh, Astros GM, the David Stearns, the former Brewers GM, right? There are names that used to be at organizations. I guess my one concern, though, and I don't know if you have this concern as well, just knowing how the White Sox operate, the fact that they've made this firing and then not even an hour later we already have reports that oh we're looking internally I mean I'm sure that they are looking internally and he's doing the interviews internally to see if there is a candidate viable and I don't think there is one with the White Sox but in true fashion of Jerry Reinsdorf and how he does do things he does hire people internally or people he's familiar with with that being said that's why I'm always going to Kim Ng yes she's the general manager down with the Miami Marlins but she's the general manager She's not the executive vice president of baseball operations with the Miami Marlins. That's a step up if you become that with the White Sox. And Kim Ng was here in the 90s with the White Sox for, I think, five or six years. So Jerry knows how she operates. And also Jerry is on the front of hiring minority candidates. I mean, he does that with a lot of his uh, hiring. Like, he's very good. He talks a good talk, and he walks a good walk. And so Kim Ng's done very well down there in Miami. If she was to get an interview or she was to get considered, I would be 100% for it. I'm not for Chris Getz, Kenny Williams Jr., Jeremy Haber, any of the people who have been here. Because Chris Getz was underqualified for the job that he's got right now. He'll be underqualified for the job if he got it in the major leagues. And my whole issue, too, is these guys have been here for 25, 20 plus years. I would like some new blood, some fresh thoughts, some outside voices to, to, to step in here um, to just kind of continue this um, discussion of, you know, trying to changing the, uh, the, the page here. Um, I think Bob Nightingale also reported that White Sox manager Pedro Grafal is safe and at this moment is respected to return in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we make of this report? Is it just because the season isn't over yet? Is this going to be a decision that could be changed once the 2023 is, uh, season is over and a new GM uh, is in charge? I mean, what do we take of this uh, a report from Bob uh, at, at its face value? Well, again, I think we've been talking about all throughout this show the way the White Sox normally act and the way that pro sports teams normally act. Pedro Gafol's a first-year manager who, who who didn't, you know, rise up with this team being built. He was dropped in with and was told, "Hey, make this work," and it might find and and he has not made it work. But how much of that is him not being able to make it work, and how much of it is nobody would maybe be able to make it work? Um, that's something that they need to find out. At the same time, how, what do we hear all the time? You know, when a new president or GM or athletic director at the college level takes over, you usually hear, oh, they might want to hire their own person. So we'll see if that's the way that it plays out. I think you can currently, what we know right now is that he is the manager of the team. What we know right now is that those assistant GMs, Chris Getz and Jeremy Haber, still have their jobs, right? This was not a fire everybody in the front office type situation. Uh, You know, they are still employed and still in their roles. So, again, we're going to see the way that it all plays out. I don't think you can point to it right now. But I think when you look at what is going to happen moving forward, you've got to look back to when Pedro Grifol was hired. And Rick Hahn kept saying, as you hear the national anthem going behind me, uh, that, you know, we need to get away from that White Sox DNA, that they need to look outside for fresh perspectives. And it worked this last time around. It worked. Now, Jerry is going to have to continue 
to squash that narrative because I think you've already got plenty of jokes going around social media. Oh, they're going to just hire somebody who used to play for the White Sox. Ha, ha, ha. Chris Getz used to play for the White Sox, and that would not be a, a uh, it would not be a dramatic change in the way they've done business over the last several decades, even though Pedro Grafol might have broken that cycle last year. So we're going to see then what Jerry has in mind. Does he want to continue to hire someone who he currently trusts, right? Or is it all about bringing in those new voices and bringing in the new perspectives that could help this team go in a different direction? I think a general manager, executive vice president of baseball operations should have his or her choice to fire whoever they want to when they assume the job. Like back in the day when I think Phil Emery took over the job for the Bears, he fired Lovey Smith like uh, after one year, I believe that was. Fired Lovey Smith and made a change. It wasn't the better change because he got that bum uh, Mark Trestman. But if you're starting off anew, you get to get your people underneath you. So if this person comes in, and I hope it's not contingent of, hey, we'd really like to keep uh, Pedro Gafal. If I was a prospective uh, general manager or uh, executive vice president of baseball operations, like, hell no. I get to make my choice, and I don't care what you say. If I take this job, I'm firing the people I need to fire and hiring the people I need to hire. I'm the executive vice president of baseball operations. I should get that. And there should be no holding on to Pedro Grafal. Even if he was good at this job, which he hasn't shown that he is, you should be able to clear the deck. That means Ethan Katz. That means all the players and coaches around there, Dale Boston, whoever, Eddie Rodriguez, every single one of them. If that person comes in and says that you've been having this peop- these people do this job for a certain amount of years and they haven't got the job done, especially this year, I'm clearing house and bringing my people in, so be it. I want that person to do that. Yeah, and two, the, my one concern is I hope it's an outside voice, and even if it is, will, again, Jerry be able to provide the necessary resources for someone to succeed in this role? And in you, I think you brought up a modern-day MLB earlier. This isn't 2005 when you're winning World Series. Um, and recently there was a report from Elvin Drellich saying that MLB intends to curb its spending on tech and limit staffing as well. Um, Jerry Reinsdorf is uh, somebody that I think has been on the, the forefront of pushing uh, for this just to limit baseball operation uh team sizes and, and, and to limit the staffing sizes of those um, teams. Like the, I think the Dodgers have like 80 plus people in their baseball uh, operations. Um, White Sox have around like 46 or something like that. Um, those are rough numbers and I can get the exact numbers later on today. But um, I do wonder again, can the White Sox truly set someone up for success because will they give them full reign to fire whomever they seem fit? Will they be able to have, rain to hire whomever they see fit, whatever. Um, I, that's my biggest concern with, you know, a, a new regime coming in, but you got to get the old one out to start it, I guess. I think you limit your candidate pool if you don't allow that person to have that, to have free reign. Right. Like, and people be like, why would I leave the job that I'm at if I can't do what I need to do to make this team right? I know you handled the money, Jerry, and ultimately you're the boss, but if I come in, if you want me to do this job correctly – and you fired those two guys because they didn't do the job correctly, you got to give me autonomy to do what I need to do. Yeah, and two, I mean, there was uh, obviously when they had the managerial search uh, when Pedro Grafal was hired, um, one of the guys that was rumored was Joe Espada, and it said that he took his name out of the running. And um, I, I, if I could 
a guess or you know have my own opinion, I would think that again the Astros come from a place of technology. They come from a place of analytics. They come from a place of trying to push the envelope and understand the curve of baseball. I, I think that Joe Espada just didn't have enough to succeed as a White Sox manager, and I, I assume that's why Pedro Grafal's here, but I don't know that. Um, and two, like again, I do think Pedro is likely going to be gone after this year just because it wouldn't make sense unless it's a Chris Getz or a Jeremy Haver yep. for Pedro Grafal to stick around because we saw Rick Hahn beaming when he introduced Pedro Grafal, um, but that was because he was looking for a certain criteria for this roster, for a certain, you know, moment. I feel like that moment's passed. I, I'm not sure how you feel with that, Vinny, but, um, you know, uh, when you look back at all the things and all the criteria they were looking for this offseason for a manager, um, you know, I mean, does it, does it still – does this team still need that? Well, what strikes me is that everything we've heard about Rick, everything we've heard from Rick Hahn about the direction of this franchise is immediately, for lack of a better term, up for grabs, right? I mean, does does the new person come in, do they think contention is viable in 2024? Do they look at the roster and see that they can still get something out of this core? Do they come in and say, wow, guys, we need to do this completely over again. You know what I mean? Do they see that? Or do they say, hey, let's go out and spend some money on some starting pitching, and yeah, we'll, we're, we're in it for 2024 and 2025. Because remember, just because you fire Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams doesn't clean all the salaries and contracts that they agreed to with players off the books. This team, from a roster standpoint, is still in the exact same spot now as it was two hours ago. Um, and a new person coming in, though, is going to have different opinions on what that means. And so... Not only are we expected to uh, see the team hire a new boss, basically, a new decision maker by the end of this season, that decision maker is going to have a new direction for this team. Whether how dramatically different it is, we don't know, but it will be their own and they will have a new direction for this team heading into the offseason. We, we don't know who that's going to be and what they think of what this roster currently looks like, but that's going to be the biggest and most important question when they come in. It's not, oh, how much money are they going to spend or convince Jerry to spend on more baseball ops people or yada, yada, yada. It's, is that, if it's all about winning, if it's a results-oriented business, like Jerry said it was in the, in the, in the statement that he put out today, what are they going to do to get results right away, and do they think they can get those results right away? I'm still rummaging through my mind about if you fire a person and two people today in August, why would you let those two people do all the trades that they did 23 days ago? And it just, like, what happened in those 23 days to make the decision different? Like, if you were going to do this eventually, you, you would not have those guys do the decisions that they did because they, they altered the trajectory of this team going forward forward like the Jake Berger Jake Eater thing I know a lot of people are very very mad about that trade I'm not mad about the trade because I saw the vision I see exactly where it's at people are looking at the results of Jake Berger and how much uh, control he has but they let Kenny and, J and uh, Rick do those trades maybe knowing that they were going to make changes either at the end of the season or not but he pulled the trigger today it just seems like why would you let them do that if you're gonna have change eventually I would just tell him hey pause you guys are not doing those changes because you're not going to be here and maybe he but didn't want to tell, tell him that but it's it's just odd to me to your point that you made earlier what's happened in the last 23 days how long do we got 
I mean, there has been a litany of headlines and, and poor play and everything. So much has happened in the last 23 days. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, they were still very far under 500, but... I mean, come on, whether it's whether it's the the fight, the Middleton stuff, the we've got, you know, the the addressing the Nightingale report yesterday, an hour before the the move the team to Nashville report comes out. I mean, th this has been so much. Liam Hendricks has gone down with Tommy John surgery. Uh, you know, everything has happened in the last 23 days. And if you are of the opinion that this needed to reach a certain point for Jerry to to make this decision, well then a lot they've they're in a much different point today than they were on the day of the trade deadline I do just wonder like looking back at yesterday's conversation about them addressing the Nightingale report in USA Today is that odd now that they're saying like oh well we're just going to do what we normally do at the end of every season have uh typical interviews like I mean they the next day they're like yeah, everyone's fine well I'm sure like, did they have interviews yesterday and then you know Rick and Kenny were out out the door like that was pretty bang bang I don't know I mean to what Vinny has said and what Rick has said in these press conferences they don't make decisions like this often where they fire somebody in the middle of the season this is very unlike the White Sox and Jerry Reinsdorf and so that's half of the shock and then like yeah, I guess with any what you said, like the 23 days subsequent are just like there's been a lot of embarrassment packed into those 23 days. And the White Sox have been kind of a laughing stock of the whole uh, Major League Baseball. And even these last three games or three of the last four games where they're getting housed by teams. Well, the Mariners are good, but the uh, Rockies are no damn good. And maybe he just made the decisions like, you know what? This team is listless. They're, they've already given up on the manager that Rick Hahn picked. So let me pull the trigger before it gets too late. Maybe he was thinking sunk cost fallacy. You know, why keep him around here? Why keep him around this long? We can get the, the actual uh, uh, search for the new guy or girl early, get the jump on that, and then that person can hit the ground running when it's the offseason. I hope that's what his thought was. And I see people putting Theo Epstein in there. Stop no. it. Yeah. Please, Jesus, stop it. Theo Epstein's not coming to the White Sox. He has bigger fish to fry, like the Major League Baseball commissioner seat, which will eventually he'll be sitting in. And you know what he doesn't have to do? Run a baseball team. Exactly. It's a, it's a hell of a lot easier job. It's a comfier job where he can just kick his feet up and watch baseball all day and not actually have to worry about the you know getting fired by some random owner. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that Theo Epstein's a, an actual uh, viable option here for the Sox. Um, but we're going to talk more about this on the postgame show. Uh, there is a game for the White Sox today. Um, and we're going to talk more about the fallout of Rick Hahn and Ken Williams being fired. Uh, we'll talk more a little bit about the, the game, if anything uh, is noteworthy. Um, and also just to hear Pedro Grafol's reaction. I don't know if there's going to be much uh, that Pedro says on it, but... We'll be here in case he does. Um, mm -hmm. Vinny Duber is at Guaranteed Rate Field, and he'll be chatting with Pedro after the game. Is there anything else that we feel like we haven't nailed down? I know this was kind of an emergency, urgent podcast, yes. as Herb wants to say. Yep. Um, just want to make sure there's not any news or notes that we that we did miss. I mean, I, the only thing I can say is that I don't believe Jerry Reinsdorf is expected to speak on this uh, anytime soon. That could very well change in the coming days. I mean, I didn't think we were going to be getting this news today, so um, anything can change. But as of right now, from what we're hearing, uh, you know, the next person to address this is going to be Pedro Grafol after today's ballgame. Remember if Jerry spoke once they made the switch from Kenny getting that promotion and then Rick taking over as GM? I do not recall. I haven't heard Jerry Reinsdorf speak a lot, especially on the record. So 
I mean, it's prerogative to not speak to the media. And I think he got he got burned back in the 80s and 90s. And he's like, I don't need to do that. I'm owning. Why would I need to speak? That's so, true. I mean, smarter, smarter him not to speak. Last time I know Jerry like actually spoke and gave an interview, I think it was either when Rocky passed away or when David Stern's passed away. But like actually recorded audio interview, I think it was when David Stern passed away. Um, it was at the winter meetings this past this last year. They won an award. They won a community service award. Um, he didn't speak, I don't believe, on the team at that point. But the last time that I know that he spoke on the state of the team was right after they won the division in 2021. Okay. All right. Well, that's good context. Thank you for that, Vinny. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see if Vin, if not Vinny, um, Vinny just spoke. Uh, we'll see if Jerry <laughs> uh, says anything, and and obviously we'll bring that uh, to you uh, on our post game or on any of our social medias at chgo underscore White Sox at Vinny Duber at Ecknerwall twenty three at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We got over one hundred and sixty three likes. We got a ton of people watching. We appreciate everyone for joining us on this emergency podcast. We will be with you uh, post game as well. Mike Clevin, who's starting for the Brian Wu. Yeah. Uh, Mike Clevenger and Brian Wu are the uh, starting pitchers for the Mariners and Sox tonight. That game has just started. Uh, it's a minute underway. So, uh, Vinny, why don't you turn yourself around and go watch some baseball? That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber, and check out his brand-new piece at allchgo.com covering this exact topic, Ken Williams and Rick Hahn being relieved of their duties. That's Herb Lawrence, our CHGO White Sox community leader. You can follow him on, Ectorwall, on Twitter, at Ectorwall23. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Make sure you're subscribing to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel and hitting that notification button. We are closing in on 35,000 subscribers. Make sure you're joining this ever-growing community. Thank you all for watching. We'll see you later on tonight. Go Sox!